we have an estimation that we will probably select somewhere between five and 10 startups. That's really the ones that are selected by everybody or supported by everybody. And then, as I said, you know, you can have a basically limitless number of additional startups that are supported individually by Decathlon or by specific universities or by us, etc. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Benjamin Pinker. So, hi everyone, this is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today we're recording another podcast episode with two people, which is always very special to me. We're speaking to Alicia and Marius, and they are going to talk to us about a new accelerator in town, which is called Move Well. There's some interesting initiatives behind them, more about that in a minute. But first of all, I want to welcome them to the show. Um, hi, Alicia. Hi, Marius. How are you today? Fine, thank you. And you? I'm good. Great, thanks a lot. Good to hear, good to hear. Uh, we always kick things off with an introduction. And um, of course, we go with the ladies first approach. So Alicia, uh, please introduce yourself to, to us. What have you done in the past? What are you doing now? Yeah, so uh, I'm Alicia. I'm 25 years old and I live in Brussels. I studied um, HR management and I finished my studies like uh, one year and a half ago. And during my master, I was incubated in a student incubator to develop my uh, startup in Il Seafood, Kalisana. And uh, now I'm working for my company, Kalisana, and also I'm a freelancer at Decathlon, and I lead the Project Jump, the incubator, the sports incubator for Decathlon. I'm passionate about well-being, sports, and travel. <laughs> well, then this seems to be a very good fit to the accelerator, <laughs> as it seems. And by the way, I also studied HR management, so we have something in common there, but I'm not working in that field anymore. Sweet. Uh, Marius, what about yourself? I started my career at the Boston Consulting Group, where I worked primarily in telecom and healthcare. Then I left BCG and I worked for a year and a half in a telecom company where I led the creation of the digital department. It was called Value Added Services. And that's when I was contacted by three very successful Belgian entrepreneurs who were in the process of or who had the vision to set up an incubator slash venture builder in the space of digital healthcare. And they were looking for somebody with my background to set up the incubator and accelerator and, or, or a venture builder, sorry. And so that's what led me to join eHealth Valley, so the incubator, which has now been up and running for about a year and a half. But due to COVID, we had some delay. So we've only had startups in portfolio since about four or five months. And I'm very excited now to be collaborating with uh, Decathlon and some other partners around MoveWell. Very cool. And we'll get to that in a minute, just, uh, just to mention, because it's very funny. I was working in consulting before and also in the telecommunications industry, because so also you and I, we have some, some things in common. So I did human resources in the telco industry, but yeah, that's another podcast then. <laughs> but let's get to, to the main thing. Um, yeah, we, we've heard a lot of um, words now. We heard move well, we heard e-health, we heard jump, we heard 
decathlon. I think it's time to to bring uh, bring some light into that whole story. So um, yeah, why don't you share the story of of the accelerator, what it's called, who's behind, what's the goal, all these kind of things. Yeah, for sure. So just before I dive into the story, just to clarify one thing. So the accelerator move well is not a structure, it's not an established company, it's not a long-term project. It's a temporary thing that or a temporary initiative that we are launching uh, with the support uh, of Decathlon and, and Jump, etc. etc. It's a co-for project as opposed to an actual incubator. I understand. Okay, that's important, yeah. So the story behind it is as follows. So eHealth Valley. So the incubator and venture builder that I manage, we have a particular way of working. So we sign, if you want, or we create partnerships with healthcare incumbents, meaning typically insurance companies, hospitals, uh, and why not retailers. And so as part of that initiative, I reached out to Decathlon about nine months ago, asking them to become a partner of the incubator. At the time, they were looking at setting up their own incubator. And so they said that it was probably misplaced of them to join an existing one while at the same time setting up their own incubator and that they wanted to focus their resources on their own incubator, which became Jump. Since this year, so 2021, at eHealth Valley, we decided to start working with Calls for Project so that we attract startups to us as opposed to us having to reach out individually to, to, to startups. And we decided to launch the first course of project in, in the domain or, or on the topic of sports, movement, and uh, physiotherapy. And it seemed so relevant for us to reach out to Decathlon that I did. And luckily, they were very interested to participate. And I think overall, the partnership that we have is extremely complementary because Decathlon is very strong in the field of sports, of, uh, let's say, glo- I mean, B2C, let's call it like that retail and is interested or is looking to create a presence in the medical world and vice and, and and the opposite is true for us we come from a world that is very medical and we are trying to make it relevant for in, in a space of prevention trying to make it relevant for just the average consumer let's say and so in that sense i think we're particularly complementary yeah that's what i love uh, in our partnership with eels uh, valley is that it's a really win-win partnerships and 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 so we we have complement assets and yeah that's that's just beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i understand makes sense from the way that i hear it so i but i wonder what what are the details of the partnership so who is pushing out which message who is looking for what how does the collaboration look like so maybe you can walk me through how the process is exactly yeah so we try to speak with one voice. So really as through that call for projects. So we work together behind the scenes, but we the, the, the front end, let's say, is should be one uh, single voice. How the process works is that during one month, startups have uh, the possibility to apply for uh, the acceleration program. So applications close on the 23rd uh, of April. Once the applications have closed, Decathlon eHealth Valley and a couple of other partners are going to review all of the applications. We're each going to express an opinion on the startups, saying whether they are a startup or whether each startup is a startup that interests us or not. And then basically the winning startups will be the ones that attract the that, that retain or attract the attention of everybody. However, I think what's really powerful in this story as well is that a startup, for example, that is not relevant or that does not retain the attention of eHealth Valley 
but does interest decathlon will still be supported. And so I think that's another really powerful thing in this story is that, yes, there will be a couple of winners that will have access to the entire range of services or, or benefits that we offer through the accelerator. But even the ones that are not, let's say, winners might still be able to, to benefit from, from some advantages. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's one-time effort for the startups with multiple opportunities to get seen and, and get a partnership or a corporation, right? Exactly. And you're, you're also tapping into, let's say, different audiences, both the eHealth Rally uh, audience and also the decathlon. So um, yeah, you're broadening um, the scope, so to speak. Yeah, and, and not just that, because I see, uh, so you were asking about, about the, the process. So Once we have reviewed startups, we also ask experts to express an opinion on each startups. By experts, I mean experts from hospitals, experts from universities, experts from rehab centers, etc., etc. And so all of these experts are also helping us to attract startups, to select startups, and to support the winning startups. And so, I mean, I'm not going to cite all of them, but for example, we have one hospital that's participating. They have a building in the center of Brussels. It's nine stories. Each floor is dedicated to a specific kind of rehabilitation, uh, medical rehabilitation. And they're specifically looking to incorporate innovative or digital tools in their practice. And so startups that are retained or that are selected in this process will be presented to that hospital. Likewise, we also have the Association of Physiotherapists in Belgium that is supporting this uh, calls for project. And they are encouraging all of their 6,000 members to provide ideas or, or projects or prototypes that they've been working on over the past couple of months or years into this accelerator program to turn their ideas into a reality. Yeah, that sounds really powerful because you're bringing the solutions there where they're actually needed, right? So close to where they can be tested, implemented, and where there is a win-win situation. Yeah, that's exactly the objective. Nice. Then my, my next question is probably an obvious one, but what kind of startups are you looking for? Uh, different, I don't know, um, maturity stages, different fields, um, and, and what can you do for them once they are in your program? I mean, besides confronting them with, with interesting partners. Yeah, okay. So we are searching for sports, health, and well-being startups, of course, and whatever their maturity, so... It can just be an ID uh, ready to go to the market, of course. I think that's the... Marius, you can maybe add some criteria or... Yeah, I think in terms of maturity, it, it goes really from the an, a well-thought or well-penciled uh, uh, out idea. So really having a clear idea of what's the problem, what's the value proposition, what are you looking for, who are your competitors, etc., etc. So if you have that, that's already enough. On the other end of the spectrum, I think there will be a natural tipping point, if you want, Benjamin, because our working method is we invest a bit of cash in the startups, but we take equity in exchange. And I think for certain startups that are already more advanced, I would say typically as of Series B will definitely be out of scope here because they just won't be worth it for them. Series A, I think, is probably where you have your typical tipping point between between the seed and Series A, depending a bit on on the, the amount that's raised and, and the, the maturity of the startup. So that's in terms of maturity, in terms of topics. So exactly as Alicia said, we're going very broad with this. But if you go on our website, move-well.eu, you'll see that there are six topics that we, and we, I mean the entire panel of, of experts and, and participants or, or co-organizers of this event, that we believe are really critical and hold a lot of promise. 
And we've touched, I think, both on prevention or sports elements and especially on medical elements, such as, I mean, just to give one example, but like oncology, so anything related to cancer and putting cancer patients to movement, helping cancer patients recover, et cetera, et cetera, I think is a major, major challenge and major opportunity in the coming years. Yeah, but also I wanted to add something also. The thing is, um, our, our scope, I think it's really, uh, it's, it's a large scope because, um, yeah, with Hills Valley, uh, they, they take so equity, but uh, in Decathlon, uh, we don't. And we have uh, like a program of uh, a network um, available, uh, workshop, etc. So we don't take equity. And so we help entrepreneurs to grow their ID or give visibility to startups. So that's, yeah, the entrepreneurs has to have a well-think ID, but that's okay if you are not in the market yet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It make, makes sense. So so you're looking, you're looking kind of broad regarding the topics. It makes sense. And also regarding maturity, it can be an, an early idea if, if you have the feeling that the team is good, that the idea is well-planned that the, the market analysis is good, but up to series A because eHealth uh, Valley is taking some equity. So uh, as you said, Marius, uh, uh, series B is probably not not reachable anymore from, from the valuation and everything. No, indeed. Yeah. Okay, understood. Then uh, one more question regarding the program. So let's say you have selected a certain amount of startups. Um, I don't know. Do you are you looking for a certain amount or do you, do you uh, go with whatever comes and whatever fits? The second, but we have an estimation that we will probably select somewhere between five and 10 startups. That's really the ones that are selected by everybody or supported by everybody. And then, as I said, you know, you can have a basically limitless number of additional startups that are supported individually by Decathlon or by specific universities or by us, etc. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. understand and those startups do they go through let's say a standardized program does it have a certain length or is it more uh, an individual approach so yeah an individual approach so we want to answer the needs of startups so it's really individual but of course we have a lot uh, in jump actually we have um, a workshop program that's uh, run away all year and so they can they can uh, follow them uh, when they want but yeah, we pay attention to uh, to the needs of the, the startup. Understand. Cool. Understood. One question I always like to, like to ask, I'm always curious about the outcome, is what have been the biggest challenges for you so far? Um, anything in particular? You mean specifically with MoveWell, right? Yes, exactly. Well, it's still very early, so it's difficult to say whether it will actually be a problem or not. But I think a challenge or, or uh, something that we're really striving for is to maximize the uh, inflow of opportunities. So we have to get as many participants as possible so that when we select the couple of percentages that will be the winning startups, that we make sure that these are really, really promising startups. And I think that's, that's the biggest challenge we have right now. Yeah, I would say the same. The, to to select the the 
the right profile and and to attract the the great uh, the great startups that we want to to help. Yeah, makes a, makes a lot of sense. I think that's a, that's probably a, a common common challenge or common problem. <laughs> Cool. Um, speaking very broadly and very generally about the sports, fitness, uh, wellness space, are there certain trends that you're seeing or sectors or some that you're specifically interested in? I mean, you've mentioned the, the six ones from, from your website, but is there anything particularly that, that caught your interest? There are so many, I would say, but I think two that really spring to mind, one more in the sports or, or prevention side and the other one really purely medical side. From the medical side, I already said, I think it's really oncology. Spoken to so many experts, so many physiotherapists, so many doctors who indicate that there is still so much to learn and to do in the world of oncology related to sports, related to movement and so on. So I think that that's really a massive thing. And also at EU level, I think next year or this year, I don't remember exactly, but one of, I mean, let's say in the coming two, three years, oncology will be a massive topic with a lot of funding available. So I think we're going to see a huge shift Uh, in that space. From the prevention side, what I'm curious to see is how corporate sports programs will evolve in the new normal. When people start working more remotely, when we come to the office for more specific things, but we still want to connect with our with our colleagues and so on, I think sports and, and sports activities can be an amazing tool to bring people together. And I think that companies and startups will jump on that. But yeah, I might be completely off. So really curious to see how it will evolve. Yeah, interesting thought. Um, so I expect at least one company in each of those topics in your in your first program, right? I, I expect them as well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That actually brings us uh, very smoothly to the next question, uh, which is what we can expect from you in the upcoming month. Just speaking a little bit of, uh, about timing. You said that the application phase is open until April 23rd, if I remember correctly. Yeah, correct. Um, luckily, we, we will publish the podcast before that uh, deadline. So um, uh, whichever startup out there is interested, feel, feel free to apply. It's still time. Um, what, what else is happening afterwards? What is your schedule for the rest of the, the year or so? So by mid-May, we, sh we should have selected and announced the winning startups. And then it will depend a bit on the team, their availability, and so on. There are two possibilities. Either they start to be incubated immediately after. So let's say end of May, beginning of June. But we might have some participants, for example, university researchers who will still have to finish their PhD or whatever, and who would prefer, for example, to start in September. Uh, that's, I would say, at least from our side, compatible with our program. Uh, and then we would expect them to be incubated and accelerated for a period of six to 12 months. Eight weeks from those six to 12 months will be at Jump with Decathlon. The rest will be at eHealth Valley. And then over time, yeah, again, depending a bit on the maturity of the startups, for sure, they will be introduced to potential prescribers or customers or distributors or, you know, partners. But where that falls exactly in the six to 12 months depends on the maturity of the startup. Yeah, and follow events. Actually, Jump is working on eight weeks uh, program. And so the, the next program is going to, to begin on the 10th May. And uh, the next season uh, will start in October. And so uh, each season is running for uh, eight weeks. But then... Uh, Actually, you, you, of course, you are part of alumni uh, 
uh, jumpers and you can also uh, always access to to our network at our uh, spot in uh, in in stores or lab uh, in Lille etc understand and is that a a physical presence or is it still virtual how how do you plan for that yeah we we will see with uh, with covid uh, situation of course but we have uh, co-working in ever first co-working and a second will start uh, in in namur uh, decathlon namur in september so we have also desk that uh, where uh, entrepreneurs can can work and I understand so there will be at an actual uh, decathlon uh, facility and will have access to to whatever is available there as well yeah that's right interesting great is there anything else that we need to mention about the program otherwise i would come to the last two questions but just making sure that we have covered everything i will just add one thing perhaps going again back to the experts and i think that's true i mean for sure for the medical space but i think it's very relevant and important for the the prevention and and b2c part of the story as well i think a lot of startups nowadays are being founded by people who don't have a medical background and i think so many of them made the mistake of thinking that the medical world and again i i count prevention in there as well is a bit like uh, your typical e-commerce space where you don't need to have medical justifications or, or underpinning of what you're doing. And I think that's a really, really critical mistake that so many entrepreneurs are making that, it, that can be a major blocking factor in their scaling uh, uh, afterwards. And so knowing that or realizing that for MoveWell, for the acceleration program, we've spent a lot of time onboarding experts to support startups in building medical credibility for their model or for their approach. And I think that's really something why a lot of startups should be interested in the acceleration program is because we can put them in contact with field experts. We can put them in contact with academic experts, et cetera, et cetera, that can help them improve their product or make sure that they know how to explain the scientific or medical validity of their product and approach. And I think that's something really, really important. Yeah, I think it's good that you brought it up again to to highlight this. Uh, now that you mention it in this way, it, it really makes sense to have those experts on board. And I can imagine that if the startups would look for those experts or that support, it would take them lots of time and effort if they would run run alone and here, here they just have them on the silver plate, right? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Good. Sweet. Coming to the last two questions. Um, they are a bit more uh, generic and don't necessarily have to do something uh, with, uh, with your program. I would like to know what has been the best advice that you have been given so far in your, preferably in your, in your business life. But if it's something about life, well, I'm, I'm listening to it as well. What I've been learning for three years now, <laughs> it's about, you know, a false believing that entrepreneurship is just like hard and and also a lot of work every day uh, for uh, seven days uh, per week and uh, 40 uh, 24 hours so never stop but what i learned actually is that a startup doesn't exist without its founder or her founder of course and so the advice is you know every startup founders needs to take care of him or herself to keep going, uh, you know, because uh, if the founder is not capable of, of, of going on, but the, the startups don't exist anymore. So that means sometimes you have to take a break to refill on energy. That's what I'm finding for uh, now also, because, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes you 
you just sit uh, behind your desk and you you tell uh, yourself that you have to work but sometimes it's uh, it's better to do nothing about work and better to to work read also see some friends and inspiring yourself uh, by doing something else that uh, your your yeah inner startup and so yeah i think that sometimes you have to take a break someday you you have to do nothing about work yeah you are more efficient that way <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's uh, both uh, physically and mentally, probably. And um, uh, I mean, we all know that sometimes it's better to take a step back and then jump forward afterwards, um, because you can only work 24-7 for a certain amount of time. Um, so definitely, definitely an important point and, and learning there. Marius, what about yourself? For the past year and a half, I've been working with, uh, as I said, you know, uh, pretty successful entrepreneurs in Belgium, and they each have their their motto. <laughs> and I find two of them really, really, really interesting or powerful. One of my bosses finish, ends all of his emails. I don't know if maybe it's an automatic thing actually by now. I don't know, but with in Dutch gasgeven, it means uh, give gas. So uh, you know, go 100% into what you're doing. I don't know. It's it's not really an advice, but I think it's quite an inspiring thing to get from your boss at the end of each email. Is basically like pushing you to to give it all. The other one always ends his email with "dundus." It means um, basically, I mean, broadly translated, I mean, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. Again, uh, a bit of plagiarism from Nike there, but still. <laughs> and again, it's I don't know. It's just the, the, their mentality of you know. Yes, it's good to ask questions and yes, it's good to, to think about everything uh, as, as an ex-consultant. But once in a while, you also just have to get down to, to actually doing what you need to do and do it 100% and give it all you've got. And I think that's something that I've really, really been uh, inspired by working with these people. Yeah, I think I, I, I thought about this advice too. It's sometimes entrepreneurship is more about intuition than reflection during like several months <laughs> and just do it. Quite. <laughs> yeah. I like that one a lot. I have to rethink my, my email signature. Right now, I don't have any, so I might want to come up with a new one. Yeah, I can put you in contact with my bosses. They might have some <laughs> unused signatures that they can share with you. <laughs> that would be great. Maybe maybe we can do like a little rotation system every month or every quarter or something. Um, I'd be up for that. <laughs> Cool. Um, very last question for the both of you coming back to the world of sports. Do you have a favorite sporting moment? And if yes, which one? That can be everything from you being an athlete, uh, you watching sports on television, you, I don't know, having witnessed some sports events somewhere in the past, whatever comes to your mind. Ladies first again. So now I do rollers, rollers a lot. You know, I don't know if it's a good word in English. Rollerblading? Yeah. <laughs> so for the moment, I, I rollerblading a lot. <laughs> so that's bring me back uh, in my childhood. I find it uh, really funny, um, but also uh, work out, work out home. And outside of COVID, I, I swimming a lot. But now it's really difficult to have a, a booking at the swimming pool. So I, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> So rollerblading is your favorite sporting moment? Yeah, for the moment. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and Marius, what about yourself? Any any memories to any any events or something? 
Well, I would be a very bad patriot if I did not mention the time that the Red Devils were doing well in football. <laughs> that was an obvious one because Belgium was just going completely insane. And for those of you uh, who are listening to the, this podcast and are not Belgian, you should know that we have a very tiny country, but that is very divided. Uh, I don't know how many governments we have by now and how many ministers we have. But in any case, somehow when the Belgian Red Devils, so our football team, are doing well, we become a, uni a united country. So <laughs> it's really inspiring <laughs> to see. The other one that somehow really sticks with me when I see this question here is that I think it was in the last Olympics. I think it was a, uh, it was in, in a, what do you call it, like a skirmishing or something, right? With the swords where, where you have to like touch the other person with the sword. And I think it was a, a German lady versus a Korean lady. And it was, it, it stayed on, it stayed on for like 45 minutes or one hour or something like this, where they were, where the Koreans were, you know, trying to, to appeal against the decision of the judges and, or the jury and so on. I thought that was a, a really, really powerful moment. And yeah, anyway, for some reason stuck with me. That is amazing. <laughs> I did not uh, hear that one coming, but I will definitely look that one up because I don't remember it. Ah, uh, yeah, you must, you must. Very powerful sporting moment, I think. <laughs> great that is it from this episode I, i would say thank you very much for for being on the show that was very insightful i will follow the the journey of uh, you guys and the accelerator closely and um yeah i just want to thank you for for taking part today and wish you all the best thank you yeah pleasure thanks for listening to the sports tech all-stars podcast with benjamin penkert If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportstechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportstechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.